Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om, and I have here with me Lisa Tahir. I'm so excited. Lisa is a psychotherapist, founder of Psychoastrology. She's the author of The Chiron Effect, which we will get to talk about today, and the podcast host of All Things Therapy. Uh, she's also an artist and a healer. Lisa, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Damla, thank you. It's my pleasure and honor to be with you on A Drop of Ohm and with your listening audience. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. So I know that you have a fascinating story. Can you give us like in big brush strokes of your healing journey that sort of led you to the writing of the book and to this moment in your life? Certainly, Damla. I think what comes to the top of my mind is that somehow at five years old, I knew that I wanted to be a healing practitioner. My parents actually found a little note that I scribbled at the age of five of, I want to be a psychiatrist. And in some ways that's funny and cute. And in other ways, it's like, huh, what, what five-year-old wants to be a psychiatrist? So certainly there was something birthed deep within me about wanting to now I know help people be their best selves, their happiest selves. And I've been on that personal journey as well, right alongside with every one of my clients that I've worked with as I've been a licensed clinical social worker since 2000. And I live and work in New Orleans, Louisiana and in Los Angeles, California. And now virtually through Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and phone with clients all over the world. That's, that's awesome. And um, I want to start with, I've had so many like little moments reading your book. I was like, I need to capture this. And I wrote awesome. some little quotes from you. And one of the things you say in the book is you say, and which relates to, for me as a healer, I sort of put my work under the umbrella of healing energetic wounds. Um, and I feel like your work is in the similar realm. So you say in the book, uh, Chiron effect, our wounds are the way in which the divine makes contact with us in order to wake us up to an aspect of self that needs to be excavated and healed. What does that mean? I appreciate you selecting that quote because what I think will be related relatable to listeners is that it's those pain point moments in our lives, the things that happen that are like a sharp ouch or even louder sometimes, depending on what the experience is that really wants to get our attention. 
And initially it might feel like this is something bad or negative. We might view it even as an obstacle to, to overcome, to, to just roll over or push aside. And if we really inquire in a way of curiosity, what information is contained for me in this experience, I think it starts to soften any pain that we're feeling to really lean into with curiosity and ask, what do you have for me? Because whether you believe in the divine and spiritual intervention, or if you believe more in secular belief systems with nature and science, that there are forces and things operating to get our attention often at the perfect moment. And instead of viewing your experiences, even you've done something wrong or made a mistake, that this is an opportunity for you to learn and grow and even experience something better on the other side of this experience. That's what that quote means. I wonder what it means to you or meant to you as you read it. Uh, you know, it, it just rang through. And I, um, the other piece of the, that was you wrote, we experience this communication through our body. And that has been my experience too. Your body continuously reminding you, okay, there's something here that needs your attention that needs to be shifted or changed in some way. Which brings me to, I kind of want to flip the question because a lot of us know that we have wounding or a lot of us have had those turning points where things have, you know, blown out into the air and shifted yeah. all together. And we found ourselves in struggle or pain or discomfort or whatnot. And then we move through it. And then there's a remnant of it. I want to ask you from your point of view, why don't we heal? That's an interesting question. So why wouldn't we heal going through something unexpected? Is that your question, Damla? Why wouldn't we heal when we know when we become, uh, after becoming aware of the, um, as you say, the thing that's coming up for us? Sure. Okay, that's, that's awesome. That's clarifying. I think it really depends on the perspective from which we meet and greet that experience as it comes into our life, as we encounter that issue or problem or change. And I think if we're open to aligning with the solution, to finding a solution that it will work out for us as we are willing to see it from other vantage points, to gain more clarity, to learn from our experiences and deepen our self-awareness through it. Or if we decide to, I'm not going to deal with this now, I'm going to push it aside. I'm going to minimize it. I'm going to repress it. And just like I told a client last night, whatever we repress, deny, or reject will come back around in some other way, shape, or form, and often in a more powerful way that might be harder to deal with rather than dealing with the initial presentation, you know, and not letting it get out of control, much less, much like a physical wound or a physical ailment, a health issue to stay, to get out ahead of things and deal with the first signs of an illness is always going to be more manageable than waiting until it becomes so out of control that it's taken over our body system. Yeah. I want to jump to an, another place, which is, um, you are a glass artist. I am. You literally take something that's in ruins, like 
you know, pieces of crystal and sand, and then you mold them into something else. Can you tell us about that experience and how, how you got there and what that has informed in your life, in your healing journey? I appreciate that question so much. I don't often get asked about my life as an artist. I've also been a glass artist for 20 years, and I found glass as I was entering grad school at Tulane University in New Orleans, and I fell in love immediately with the medium of molten hot liquid glass and the metaphor of transformation as glass is a liquid that turns into a solid as you sculpt it, blow it, cast it and work with it. And I found that to be so fascinating and just quite a literal representation of our own process in life that we change, we metamorphosize, just like glass is both a liquid and a solid. And it's heat that allows us to keep manipulating it. You have to constantly reheat the glass so you can form it and shape it or it hardens really fast. And so for me, it's been my therapy to go to the studio and make whatever it is I'm intending to make or just play around with using glass. And it just brings me so much joy. Um, and, and just, yeah, I love it. And I know that you're an inventor too. And um, I love the name of your intention because I'm in the process of going deeper into tarot reading. So the name of your intention is Chariot. Can you yes. tell us more about that? Yes, absolutely. So as because of my love for glass and being a therapist, a social worker, and working in my earlier career with people with disabilities in wheelchairs and helping them find jobs that they could continue to work in once they were injured. And I noticed that glass blowing is not accessible to people in wheelchairs. And I wanted to change that. So over the last 10 years, I started a nonprofit called the Yes, like Yes, Y-E-S Foundation. And from there, I invented a, a device called the Chariot that people in their own wheelchair can wheel up to and blow glass and cast glass. And make it makes glass ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act, compliant. And I had the first bench built, the first chariot built, and sent here in New Orleans to Yaya Artists. It's an artist nonprofit, and they just got the bench in the last month, and we intend to design some programming. So if anyone is in the New Orleans region using a wheelchair and wants to come take class, please reach out to me. I'd love to work with you um, and helping you learn to sculpt glass so that, you know, it, it's something that can bring people with disabilities joy as well. I don't want to see it limited to just able-bodied individuals. I love that. I love, and we'll include links for that too. Thank you. For people to check it out. Um, and uh, I want to come to the uh, Chiron effect. So before we dive deeper into the book and what you've sort of, you know, unpacked there, can you tell me like, what was your impulse? What led you to writing this book? That's a good question, Damla. And what led me to write this book, like I think with many authors, is answering a question that I felt like was unanswered for myself. And that question centered around having been a therapist for over two decades, as well as being a client myself in therapy healing. I felt very frustrated with the process of at times going through traumatic memories and reliving them over and over. I felt like that started to really create 
a sense of disempowerment in my life. And even for my clients, wanting to move beyond what has happened in the past and wanting to tell a new story of my life, wanting to help them create the new story of their lives and really feeling into the space of possibility of what's next. What can I offer psychotherapy, psychology in the field, as well as my clients and myself to move beyond our wounding. Um, once we have awareness and we know about our triggers and we're very conscious and, you know, living well and, and yet, you know, there's something that feels like we're not quite at living enough happiness as often as we might be able to. So I asked the universe to share with me what I can offer to help people and myself move beyond into our new story of infinite possibilities. And that, and hence the book was born. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ask and receive. So um, what is the Chiron effect about? What the is Chiron, it? So first of all, Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N, is several things. Chiron in astronomy is designated as a comet and as a minor planet. It was discovered in 1977 by a Charles Cowell at an uh, observatory in San Diego, California. And he noticed that it had an odd elliptical orbit between the planets of Saturn and Uranus. And so Chiron was the first comet in the Centaur class, which has to do with its odd elliptical orbit between Saturn and Uranus. At the same time, astrologers have identified Chiron as the minor planet having to do with our vulnerabilities and our core wounds and kind of the patterns in our lives that we tend to repeat without consciousness, without mastery. It's the things that we kind of want to hide and minimize in our lives because we might feel embarrassed, we might feel shame around them. And and I've noticed when I've had astrological readings, Chiron was never brought up. And when I started to research more, I remembered that Carl Jung spoke about in his archetypes, Chiron as the wounded healer. So also in Greek mythology, Chiron was a centaur and founding father of the medicine and healing arts in ancient Greece in mythology. And so Chiron has been present in so many traditions and teachings for thousands of years that I wondered why I didn't know more. So Adama, I just started studying and identifying 12 core woundings, also known as vulnerabilities, areas of challenge that we have. And we identify which of these 12 core woundings and vulnerabilities we have to deal with the most often in our lives through finding it in our astrological charts based upon our date of birth, place of birth, and time of birth, if you have that. I see. And then I believe you also relate them to the 12 houses. So yes, so Chiron is found in a sign of your astrological chart, meaning Chiron, your Chiron will be in Aries or Taurus or Gemini, all the way through uh, Pisces, Aquarius, cancer, etc. And if you know your time of birth, you have to have your time of birth to get the house placement. There are 12 houses of the Zodiac, one through 12. And where the house that Chiron falls in 
describes the area of your life that you have to deal with this core wounding. And what that means is like, for me, it's in my first house of personality and my self-esteem. If it's in your second house, that would have to do with your personal finances and your moral values. If it was in your third house, it would have to do with communication and your siblings and so on. So it can be helpful to know both so you know the area of your life that you have vulnerability in, and you know the specific vulnerability that you've had to deal with repeatedly. Yes, and I love that. And I want to tell the listeners that you actually have a website um, in the book that people can go to, and they can actually find out. And on your website, I believe also, people can go enter their birth date, and they can see exactly what sign their Chiron is and what house it falls. Yes, I have an interactive website that you can log into when you purchase my book to find your Chiron placement and then be able to read about that. Yeah. And it's funny because I have um, a little mini course on my website and I have a little quiz that people can take. And I also walk them through 12 different wounds. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Okay. 12 keeps coming back. Um, Mine look a little bit different from yours, but also the same. I mean, it's, I'm, which is why I'm amazed by the healers that I meet here. Uh, But I want to bring it to, so my understanding of what you just explained is you sort of had this inspiration to um, provide sort of a guidance system or a map for people. And if I understand it right, like you, you could have multiple wounds but one of them might be more dominant depending on your uh, the placement of Chiron. And that people, like, that could be sort of the entry point for people. Is that right? That's, that's really well said, Damla, and accurate. So, what, so the book, The 12 Wounds, have to do with things like abandonment, neglect, about feeling like you're cut off from your creativity, feeling a lack of community, feeling like you're cut off from spirituality and a sense of something bigger than you. So each of these 12 wounds have to do with things that most of us experience after you've lived life at all. And so I sometimes turn to a chapter that's not my personal Chiron, but if I'm feeling rejected, I was like, oh, what did I say about you know, I give practical takeaway steps and some insight into why this wound might be something that you feel so deeply. So though you have one main area to focus upon, it's a guidebook for life, how to cope and deal with loss. I correlate the chakra system to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's and David Kessler's stages of grief. Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross founded these stages in the 60s. She's a renowned psychiatrist, and her framework is used in every medical school, graduate school, in psychology, social work. And I saw a correlation between the chakra system and got permission from her co-author, David Kessler, uh, since Dr. Ross is deceased, to use that in my book, which is very exciting to have permission to correlate what I see with science that's been so you know renowned since the 60s. So that was really awesome. And what I offer in my book as well, if you're dealing and coping with grief and loss, like I think we all kind of are, even during COVID, the, the loss of what we once used to be able to do and the manner of, at which we used to be able to do it. Which brings me to, so we got the book, <laughs> we found yeah. our, where our Chiron is, yeah. and how it is. And then, or we're going through, like you were just saying, going through a particular, um, 
type of pattern in our lives and we found the one that's related to that. So what's what's next? What's the next step after we identify the core wounding? Well, actually, the book brings you through what I think is a very a healing journey, starting with in the beginning chapters, creating the container for change, where I invite you to get a candle, get a journal, to really set aside time that's quiet to do this work. It's not the kind of book you're just going to read like on a, in an Uber or in a loud place. Like it's really a soul searching journey to go within and bring up your old memories, like unearth and excavate, as I like to say, some of your own past to have some clarity over the things you've experienced in your own life. I talk about a framework uh, if you've experienced trauma or childhood sexual abuse to heal through reconnection, emotional safety, remembering and reconnection. So the book is a really deep dive into your own personal psychology and using your natal astrology as the diagnostic point, but it's through personal responsibility and going through this process very lovingly. My book's focus is on compassion and self-forgiveness. So there's a lot of journal exercises, a lot of questions I get you to ask yourself, reflect upon, and then write about. So it's something that, you know, it's going to help you deepen your own experience of yourself so that you're able to show up in life differently and be more responsive instead of reactive. And so it's a guide like that. It's beyond just knowing your wound and that's it. It's like I walk you through like some very experiential processes of transforming your wound into your empowerment. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I I do believe in self-healing to the extent possible. But I just want to add like an edit as an edit (laughs) in quotes. If there's any part of this process that you find overwhelming, of course, get the help of a healer or a therapist you trust. Absolutely. And that's in my book a lot. If you, I know you said you read it, that it's in there so often, like with certain issues to definitely reach out to a loved one, a healing practitioner. To me, that's said in my book in so many different ways is like the underlying principle of my book is a guide. It's just another paradigm that I hope many people will resonate with to use as, as tools in your toolbox. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And so is it in your experience for from healing yourself and working with others, is it possible to completely heal a corn wound? Well, to even, uh, uh, as you said, healing myself, healing is a lifelong journey because it's self-discovery, it's self-development, it's learning self-awareness, and we're always changing. You look at the earth, the grass is growing, it gets cut, it grows again, leaves blow off, they grow back, and we're, we're exactly the same. So we're always, always transforming and growing, and healing is like that, that even when our lives are in a really stable and, and wonderful place, we're always reaching for more. We're always reaching for something different, you know, beyond where we are. And I want to help people work with that gap in between where you are and where you're reaching for and desiring to be through self-soothing, through empathy, through messages. I talk a lot in my book about our self-talk in between these two ears, our brain, and that that our lives are created 
as a result of what we think and believe. I talk about we have up to 70,000 thoughts every day flowing through our minds. And it's about really as much as we can using those thoughts to help us, to serve us. And I do believe that as we become very comfortable with the process of self-evaluation, self-reflection, that we're able to definitely fully heal even the deepest of hurts and knowing that when we're triggered, when there's an anniversary time, when we remember our lost loved one, that we're able to just really soothe ourselves and, and make meaning more and more of things at the deepest levels of ourselves and for each other, to really be there for each other with more presence and more authenticity. I love that. I love that. And one of my favorite quotes, again, from your book is you say, um, trauma being a result of people going through something bigger than what they had the tools to cope with. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're saying, you know, this, this book, the, the way you're exploring the core wounds, you're offering a few different tools to people. And in my experience for me and for the people that I work with, it's that um, even though you didn't have the tools then, it makes a huge difference that you begin to have the tools now. Yes, yes so figuring out the right tools for you is a, is a journey in itself. But it's um, once you start to find a few things that work for you, that makes a, a whole world of difference. It does. And Dama, what you're saying is reminding me, I have a quote from Maya Angelou saved on my phone, where she talks about how forgiving ourselves for what we didn't know at that time. And she says it more eloquently than what I just paraphrased it as. I don't know if you know of that quote, but I think it's a, a really wonderful reminder daily self-forgiveness we we layer and layer and layer unforgiveness upon ourselves to the point where i think we become unaware of it but we wake up sometime and you might just not feel right and so when that happens you might want to look within and wonder what you might be harboring against yourself what judgments from yesterday might you be carrying over into a new day and every morning i like to take time to sit and say thank you and kind of reflect on is there anything I'm holding against myself that I'd like to release before I really start this day full force. And I encourage listeners to do the same, to to let go of the judgments you hold against yourself and find that empathy and forgiveness for you. And you'll be able to do it more easily with others and be a softer place to land for them. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes I like to interchange forgiveness with the word acceptance. It just, feels, I like that. It feels a little bit more I love that. accessible. <laughs> yeah, I like that, Damla. Accept self acceptance. Yeah. So um, you say the ashes you rise from become the fertile soil. I actually don't quote this much in my podcast, but I found your words. I appreciate that. You say the ashes you rise from become the fertile soil in which you lovingly plant the truth of who you now are. I love the now because you're becoming a new person, right? Thank you for highlighting that. I actually worked with that specific quote for three years because I felt like there was something there really meaningful for me. And I hope that it might be meaningful for others. We, I hear clients come in, friends come in, uh, speaking and, and t- feeling like because a relationship ended, for example, that they wasted 
the last X number of years. And it's, I, I just want to be like, no, and often say, hey, you know, why don't you try to look at that differently? There's so much that we learn through every relationship that we have, whether it lasts as long as we would love it to, or it's short, that there's always you know, what we perceive are ashes, something burning up, burning away. It, it really does fertilize the soil of what you're planting within your own psyche, your own mind, your own heart, that's gonna grow into whatever we choose it to be. So be mindful of the soil that you're cultivating of your mind and your heart, your practices. And because that does become what you will live. Yeah. And everything can be used in some way, right? The broken pieces. Yeah. Repurpose them. (laughs) To repurpose the, what you might perceive as the broken pieces of your life, that it all really can be woven into a tapestry of something beautiful. If you allow yourself to feel into that place of your worth and your value and that you're not getting it wrong, you're getting a lot more right than what you're crediting yourself for. So what would you say is Chiron's main message for people healing themselves, self-healers and healers? Chiron's message, as I appreciate it, is definitely around acceptance and compassion and forgiveness and really like a gentle balm, a gentle like buffering and soothing in our soul and our mind and our heart to really let us be a safe place to land for ourselves that we're out in the world and it can be abrasive what we're inundated with be it uh commercialism especially now during the holidays feeling like you have to buy 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 and give gifts and you know spend money and and all this stuff, you know, it can be abrasive to feel that like in your body and feel like you're not enough. I can't do this. I wish I had that. And, and it goes so against the grain of, I think, what's really important and, and just allowing yourself to do what you can and it's good enough. You're good enough. And Chiron really being the inviter into that place of safety and gratitude and enoughness and self-acceptance. Yes. Yeah. So you also talk about the finding core wounds of Chiron, not just in people, but also in other ways and other places. Yeah. Well, that might be interesting. Like whenever you started a a drop of ohm, if you, if you out there listening have an LLC, I recently went to my interactive website and plugged in the date of birth of my therapy company, the date that I got my LLC, I use that. And it was so interesting to find the core wounding in my business had to do, it was centered around contracts and not by accident. I know, since I know Chiron, I had just been going through a legal issue around a contract that I did not read well enough and signed and then started to try to get out of. And it was like, aha, you know, I was so grateful to see that this is the area I need to develop in my business is how to sign, how to really go through a contract, sign it with mindfulness and understand everything or don't sign it at all. And also with clients, even having them you know, be mindful around my business contracts. So it can be really exciting if you're listening to plug in the day you got married, your relationship, for instance, or the first date, you know, find the Chiron of your relationship to understand where the vulnerabilities are so you can support each other 
and your relationships so you can boost up your business and get the skills so your business isn't vulnerable to anything. You know, it's impervious to, to, to being vulnerable. And even in countries like the United States, uh, the, the birth of the United States of America, I have an appendix, a chapter having to do with the psychoastrology of the United States of America. It was just published in an in a online publication yesterday called Inner Self, where I talk about our core wounding having to do with the way we take care of our people, of our own citizens, which seems very weird and odd. The most powerful nation in the world having a wounding and taking care of its own people. And the Chiron placement of the US talks about how we go to the aid of so many other countries, which has been true since our inception. But you know, our own people don't have adequate health care. Children in public schools don't have books in m much of the South and just how we have a lot to grow in the way that we care for our own inhabitants. So I get really excited. What, what did you think, Damla, like reading that's, that? That's super interesting. I hadn't thought about, about checking my business's birthday. Definitely. Check <laughs> your business, birthday, your relationship, like plug in, you know, to just see. So I think awareness is key. If we know where we're vulnerable, we can get the skills. There's so much information out here in the world yeah. to, to learn things that we don't know. And I think vulnerable in the sense that it's not a mistake or it's not like shaming or blaming, but it's just a pattern to be aware of. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's in the very beginning of my book. I talk about how Chiron illuminates the areas of our lives that we put shame upon, that we feel embarrassed about, that we feel like we have to edit or hide from others or ourselves. And no, you don't have to do that. Bring that to the light of day, bring it to loving kindness. His Holiness, the Dalai Lama endorsed my book, speaking about the way I use the roles of compassion, self-forgiveness and meditation. It's like bring those parts of yourself out to love them and be seen and don't hide them anymore. You can be authentic in those ways and it's just so liberating and free. Yeah, and it seems to me you're someone who embodies this forgiveness as a way of life. And it starts with you and then you extend it to others, you, you teach it to others. So I really appreciate you doing that and embodying that. Um, I think what I want to um, ask you is, what do you feel like you're healing from right now as we go through this pandemic? <laughs> That's a really good question. I, I feel like even hearing your compliment, which I so graciously appreciate embodying forgiveness and compassion. This is a lifelong journey for me. I've made it my business during the pandemic, especially to work on work on the way that I engage with people, with everyone, not just friends and loved ones that are easy, but also the people I don't know, the, the people checking me out at the grocery, um, at the bank, at wherever I do business, at the dollar store, like the telemarketers, when I have an issue with my internet, the way that I'm speaking to them, noticing if I'm being short, dismissive, agitated, like really trying to level up and just how I show up and engage with other people and wanting to really be better at that because it makes me happier. You know, it, it can feel really unfun to be on the phone trying to fix your internet, hating every second you're on the phone with a representative, which it can shift it if you ask like, hey, like, where are you today? Like, how's your day? You know, and really get the personal engagement going. It can make your whole experience feel better 
And I want us to have more moments like that in our lives, even for the most mundane things that we're doing, Dabla. So that's been important to me to grow and, and yeah. focus on. That How about for you? Yeah, I mean, what I'm learning, I'll get. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, that reminds me of uh, a quote from, from a teacher of mine. She used to say, like, what you do, anything is the way you do everything. Everything, yes. Oh, that's good. Like that. That's good. What am I learning? I'm learning a whole bunch, <laughs> bunch of things. This has been interesting and fun and um, engaging. And um, I think for me, my biggest lesson have been the last decade, just patience. Patience with me, with my life, with my process and the process of my business. So mm -hmm. definitely learning and relearning that <laughs> in new ways. Yeah. 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 Um, is it, um, you know, when you, when you think of what we're going through, the pandemic, um, what do you think is the biggest wound there that we're collectively moving through? I guess answering just from my personal, I'm not, I'm not sourcing this necessarily from Chiron, but just in my, what I see having to do with the way we've been treating our planet the animals and each other, and really um, the planet literally stopping us in our existence and getting us to change the way that we engage with it and with each other. And I feel like it's so big. I feel like there's so many layers to, to what's happening. I don't know that we can fully appreciate it as we're going through it. I feel like there'll be so much more insight and awareness years from now like there always is once you go through something very challenging. So I think it's a, a time to, um, to pause as much as you're able and appreciate, appreciate what you have and who you have and, and who you are. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Appreciate Thanks. It. And for me, I think the second element, in addition to that has been, um, which has been a huge refuge as well, is the cultivation, the practice, the coming back to the tools day by day. Mm. The yeah and the, the self-work so yeah important. and getting help when you feel like you need help yeah help. so what would you say to other healers who are not only healing their own wounds and being with a global pandemic but also working on healing others what would you um advise them you know, there's even a section of my book I have written specifically to us, to the to those other healers out here. And it's a section called, Don't You Have Your Shit Together? And it's kind of tongue in cheek about how the expectation of us as healing practitioners and professionals is people might perceive like we have everything so lined up in a row. And ideally that's true most of the time, but certainly it's not true all of the time. And that it's okay when you feel like, you're falling apart a bit to try not to hold up the facade to really be honest with yourself and authentic and to reach out as I've done at different times to go to therapy, to work with someone to help me get a handle on what's coming up emotionally and psychologically. And so to really practice loving self-care and being in your own uh, evolution process and practice consciously, not just working yourself in the ground, seeing as many clients as you can, but really doing that with intention so you can give the best sessions that you can because you're in the best place that you can be. Yes. What yeah. would you say to that, Dhamma, being a healing professional? 
Oh, goodness. So many things. Um, I think that daily practice is so important that daily thinking yeah. of your consciousness in your field. Yeah. And even if it's, it doesn't have to be long, right? Even if you close your eyes and you just, you sort of take stock of what's happening. Yeah. What's he, what's visiting you today? <laughs> what's coming up to play with you? And yeah. having a small conversation with that. So then it's not running in the background. It's a little bit more, um, you can lean on it. It can lean on you and you can sort of play together. A little yes. Bit. Yes. Yeah. Which That's awesome. Feel is a lot of what we're doing as healers is to hold that space so people can have that conversation with mm-hmm. all the parts that want to belong and that need to belong. Definitely holding that safe emotional space for others. And I talk about that as well in my book where I talk about witnessing another person's emotions and healing and then being witnessed, that it's really a beautiful circle of, of witnessing others and being witnessed and our own authenticity that heals. Yeah. Well, Lisa, I love your work. I love your message and the way you're putting things together make a lot of sense to me. Is there anything that you want to share with the self-healers and the healers, uh, the listeners of this podcast? I think just to, to stay encouraged and to thank you for what you do to add to this narrative of healing, that we all have a unique personality and way that we do what we do. And certain people resonate with you, with you, with you, and then with me. And I just encourage you to, to encourage yourself, to really bless yourself and affirm yourself each day. And um, just take that message out to your clients and your loved ones. Yeah, I love that. And that's actually comes to one of the seeds of this, this podcast is just that because I can't be the healer for everyone. You can't be the healer. I, and I'm right. open to just introducing people to as many healers as I yeah, can. I love it. That I admire and I appreciate. So thank you so, so thank much. Thank you, Damla. I actually, I recommend everyone to go get your book. We'll include a link to it. And you are also offering 50% off one session. If people mention this podcast conversation. Yeah, if they mention you, a drop of ohm, I'm at nolatherapy.com and I do sessions. I have a 30-day psychoastrology intensive. So any of my sessions or the 30-day intensive, 50% off for one month or one session to new clients, new people through NOLA therapy and mention Damla and a drop of ohm. And I'm happy to honor that for you. Thank you for doing what you do. You're welcome. Thank you.